How you doing? My name's Luke Such. I'm Scott Minema. And today we are joined by... Ellen. Ellen. Ford. Ellen Ford. Oh, man. She... You, Let the good times roll. Oh, yes. and, you're a few... Got any words there, Scott? We, we've, we've, we have saved the best... <laughs> For right now, as far as the staff goes, <laughs> don't tell any of them. Yeah, don't no, oh. keep it a secret. But <laughs> Best kept secret. We are so glad you're here. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with two of my favorite podcasters. Uh, that's what I'm talking yes. about. You know, it's true. I don't know I, that I enjoy being called a podcaster, but other than that, well, you've been called worse. I have been called, and, and I'm guessing you will be called worse <laughs> yeah, before I'm sure. long. I'm sure, but. We got a, I, we've talked about doing a podcast in a video format, and today would be a day where we should do this in a video format because Ellen came bearing gifts, oh, and this that's true. these are not these are not ordinary gifts; these are extraordinary Scott, gifts. It looks like half of your gift is already <laughs> well, gone. Three fourths of my gift <laughs> is true. gone. I stepped out of the room for a minute. I come He's back. He's gonna be in a coma You're, here in about ten. Yeah, minutes. we got to hurry because I'm on a sugar <laughs> high right now, but it's gonna crash. So what is in that little container? Oh right my there? word! It's like a it's like the mother of all sweet rolls, and there's <laughs> it's cinnamon and brown sugar packed with this cream cheese frosting that's it's like an inch thick and. And if you'd have been out of the you know been out of this room any longer, yours would have been half gone. <laughs> if if you are unaware, by the way, for anybody listening, Scott has the mother of all Achilles heels, which is anything sugar related that he yeah, I, will instantly yield to. I've yet to see it fail. I can't help myself. Okay, I'm fair sorry. Enough. So, welcome, Ellen. Ellen. Yay. Ellen joins those who have I'm the so excited the podcast mug. How do yeah. you open this box? Yeah, carefully. It's quite complicated. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. It it pales with the sweet rolls, but Scott would make that trade eight days a week. <laughs> That's true. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Look well, at you. You're official. Yep. Yeah. Or we're official. I don't know, whichever one. Anyway, welcome. Thank you. The branding and marketing for the podcast goes up just by Ellen having her own mug. <laughs> just make sure you drink I'm out of that. I'm going to carry it up. There you yep, go. There you Every go. Sunday morning. Yep. It needs a lid, though. Well, yeah. Because electronics enough. don't really like liquid Can you put things, that on the so. piano? On the keyboard oh, you know on what? Sunday? They have set like communion cups on my keyboard, and oh. I freak out because I think, oh, this thing's going to spill and get into the keyboard. So, yeah. Not so much. Okay. Well, nope. I would ask. Yeah. There's a lot of people that know you from afar, but don't know you. So let's get acquainted with Ellen. We, Ellen Ellen's really kind of nervous, and we've tried to tell very, her this is, this is easy. It's not like a math test or a spelling bee, but <laughs> anyway, once... What you get going? This is, but I do give out grades, so we'll talk. Oh, we'll talk fantastic. about this later. <laughs> I'm at about a C right now. Now you're crushing. <laughs> you just keep bringing sweet rolls, <laughs> and you right. will. Yeah, I mean, A plus, happy face, happy yes. face, happy face. All right, Ellen. What do we need to know? What What from the life of Ellen would you think is pertinent to someone who doesn't know anything about oh, you? Oh boy. Um. Well, I grew up in a very musical family, which I think was a gift from the Lord because. Mm. Um, I grew up in a church where my dad led the singing, my mom played the piano, and so music has always been a very integral part of my life. My mom was doing the dishes, the radio was on. And, Did you go to bed with a metronome um, on? No, I had records. A record. I had a friend yes. who's, who was a, his dad was a professional drummer, and he made him fall asleep to a metronome. Oh, wow. that's horrific. 
Yeah. All night long. <laughs> no. He keeps great time. He is a good drummer <laughs> himself. So. Sorry. Continue. Wow. Yeah. No, I would have, and like the big thing would be, Mom, can we have two records? So now you could you could make it like sit up, and then when the first one was done, the next one would drop. That probably really ages me, though, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, I don't even really know what you're talking oh, about. I'm yeah. sure. I you, have you, a record yeah. player. I've never seen one with two records. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You could. You could stack them, and they you would just stack them. one uh-huh. would finish. The arm would come yeah. back. And drop another yeah. one, and it was very automated. Fancy, yeah, very fancy. So. Yeah, so music was just a really big part of my life. Um, grew up with Southern gospel, which I know hmm, it's not everybody's preference, but I do. Think, you still love it? Um, in small doses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scott yeah. loves it. Scott loves it. Oh yeah, Gaithers. Totally Gaithers. Yep. Yeah, we went. Is there another concerts. like that? Is like the seminal head of Southern gospel music. I don't know any other. Yeah, well, the, like the Cathedrals were a big one because my dad was a bass singer. That's the name of a band. And so or a vocal. It group. was a quartet, a men's yeah. quartet. Okay. Yep. And I'm unaware of. He them. loved the bass singer in the Cathedrals, George Yance, and oh. so. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I know. If you watch, Fun fact, I should tell you this, Scott. I actually went to George Yance's funeral. Wow. When he passed away, because we lived in Ohio, and the church was about an hour from us. And so we snuck into the funeral and went to George Hans's funeral, which is kind of funny. Pay your respects. I know. I know. It was cool. So all these, like, Gaitherites, you know, all their yeah. little Southern gospel people. Can, it was the best concert ever. Anyway, yeah. I digress. We, <laughs> I I think, I'm, just, I'm just trying to <laughs> mentally picture Ellen sneaking in the best oh, concert the best. ever. I can, I can, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I could see that. I mean, Scott might have been in the room. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. I think we, you know, list a podcast, a Gaither <laughs> oh, <gosh>. video. <laughs> but we, you know, I mean, he lives in, he lives in Anderson, Indiana. Yeah. We oh. might be able to get him Field to... Field trip. All right, yeah. you two. The, I, we, we should share do the so many things in common. How did we get onto where we I may be know. the furthest apart? I don't know. <laughs> That's all right. But all anyway, right. music has always just been very important to me. I would stand beside my mom in church, and she would, frustratingly to me, sing alto. And I'm like, Mom, just sing the melody, you know? But now I love to sing mm-hmm. harmony. So I think even my <laughs> love for harmonies and the beauty of music just came from... My parents who love the Lord, who served him faithfully, and I'm really grateful for that. And I think that's been helpful even for what I do now because I have such a rich heritage of music and I have you know, can appreciate all the different um, stages of music. So, yeah. There that's go. good. How did music factor into faith? Oh, boy. Um, well, initially, I mean, I made a profession of faith when I was very young, um, but I think I, I can point to a lot of different events in my life that, I mean, I just turn the radio on and, you know, you hear this commercial on WBCL, like it, the perfect lyric comes on it, touch it. But it is really true. I think the Lord hmm. uses music um, and his truths and his character. And he's done that faithfully in my life for many, many years. And so it's a it's just a an awesome thing. It's such a gift from God. I love, love, love music. So... You mentioned, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, who's your current favorite musician to listen to? Favorite artist? Do you have somebody who right now is like, that is scratching the itch? I just, um, and she's been around for a little while, but I just discovered her. It's um, Shane and Shane's, the first Shane's 
wife, Shane Bethany. Number one. Shane number sure. one. Yeah, okay. Bethany Bernard. Um, she sings a lot with Worship Initiative, but she just has such a beautiful, and it's kind of in my range, so I can That's sing a lot helps. of her songs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just, it's oh, really good stuff. You mentioned coming to Christ at a young age. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a little confusing. Um, I I made a profession of faith when I was when I was five or six. Um, I went to we grew up in this real small missionary church in Hicksville, Ohio, thriving metropolis. metropolis. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, and we uh, had uh, services in the basement of this church in the summer because it was so hot because we didn't have air conditioning. Yes. Again, dating myself, but um, <laughs> we had this testimony service, and this elderly lady stood up. Her name was Myrtle, <laughs> great name, um, and she just shared her testimony of how God's faithfulness to her. And I remember listening to her and saying, "I want that." Mm. Like I, I grew up in the church. I've heard the gospel, mm. um, done all the things, but I just remember um, listening to her testimony, saying, I, "I want what she has." And so the next morning, I woke my mom up from bed and I said, "Mom, I want to become a Christian." So I prayed with her. <clears throat> that was my first profession of faith, um, and, and I was a never underestimate the the appeal of a life lived for Christ. Now, Absolutely, I, always never ceases to be mm-hmm. a thing that is powerful. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it is very powerful. Keep going. Yeah. So I, you know, I led a pretty moral life. <clears throat> um, you know, again, just going to church, doing the things. Um, high school, I dabbled in some, you know, not such godly things. Um, and then I graduated high school, went to, um, Ivy tech here in Fort Wayne. Um, and I had a friend who invited me to, we had switched churches since then. So we were going to a church in Auburn and she invited me to a youth group and I was in, you know, I would think I was 20 or 21 and it was a, you know, high school group. And I'm like, I don't really want to go to high school. I'm already out of high school. Um, but I ended up going and, um, the youth group had probably 80 to a hundred kids and so I went, it was a Wednesday night service and, you know, they did what youth groups do. They, they worshiped and the pastor preached from the word. And I just looked around and here's these like 15, 16, 17 year old students singing and reading their Bibles and taking notes. And I'm like, I am missing out here. Like I want to be a part of this. And so I just kept coming and the youth pastor, um, invited me to be, you know, just more active in their leadership team. And so I started discipling. So during that period of time, there was probably about a six-month period of time where I just, I don't know how you would say it, get serious about my faith, but really dug into the word for myself. Um, And so I really think that during that period of time is probably when I became a believer. Um, I don't have an instance or a, you know, specific time, but... um, I'm just really grateful that God was just so gracious and kind and saved me. And um, yeah, so there you go. So you mentioned going to school here in, in Fort Wayne. How, how did you end up at Headwaters? And maybe, you know, probably marriage and family yeah. kind of work into that. Yeah. yeah. So at that church in Auburn um, is where I met my current husband, my only husband. Uh, <laughs> good clarification. As opposed to your previous. My current and only. Uh, <laughs> Thad. Thad, yeah. Yes, Mr. Thad Ford. Good news and bad news. It was great news, yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, we've been, we'll celebrate 30 years of marriage. Congratulations. Next year. Yeah. Big deal. 
Um, yeah, so we met there and we dated for, we went out like two or three times and we both decided, we're like, you know what? We just want to be friends. We're not really like, so we just decided to not, you know, just be friends. And we had a group of friends that we kind of hung out with and stuff. And, um, and then shortly after that, I had had a couple relationships in high school and college that just were not great and really just wanted to make sure that I was okay to be content to not be married because my identity a lot of times was with the guy that I was with. I was really insecure. Um, and so I, um, just wanted to make sure that even if I were single the rest of my life, I'd be content with that. So I had made this six month commitment to not date anyone. Um, and I just really dove into ministry and, um, started doing the youth band at that church and, um, Halfway through that six-month commitment, Thad called me, and he's like, I really like you, and I want to date again, um, but I know that you made this commitment, and so I'm going to honor that. <clears throat> and so <laughs> we waited until, and June 1st was like the day, and I had this older lady in the church that was discipling me. And so she planned this big party on June 1st and invited <laughs> our, our oh, friends okay. over. Okay. We play, I know. We played church softball, and so we went to the softball game. And I pulled into the house, and all these people are sitting on our front yard like, this is the Thad-Ask Ellen party. And so, yeah, man, no pressure there. Good night. <laughs> what was so funny was we did this party, and like everybody <sighs> left. And Thad was like, well, I guess I should probably ask you <laughs> So, wow. Yeah. Too funny. Good so, for you, Thad. Which Gaither song did he play in the background? Mm, when there he was no Gaither song. No. Yeah, no. He did not grow up in that. Uh, okay. No. Um, so we dated like six months and got engaged and married the next year. So anyway, so we uh, got married. He finished college. We moved to Illinois for a time. He went to seminary for a time. Then um, he took a, a church, worked at a church in Ohio. For some time, and during this, uh, we had our first child, uh, Meredith, who is now t- almost 24 and married. Recently? So, yeah. How long ago? Have, June. Yeah, a few months. I know. It's crazy. Mm. So we have five kids total, plus a bonus son-in-law, which is great. Um, during that time, we struggled with infertility, and so we ended up adopting three kids. So we went from one to four overnight, which is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> and then adoption Luke, would be a good yeah, it would be a good podcast. Awesome. Right, yeah. write it, it down. Awesome. And then the Lord just chose to bless us with our surprise little Lucas who is now 15. So, yeah. And so anyway, how did I get here? That's a long story. Yeah, we're get getting there. Yeah. We're still meandering Around our way. The corner there. Oh yeah. How how did I how did we come to Headwaters? So, um, we were in Ohio and there was just some things that happened and um, my husband Thad knew John Such. He met him through um, a mutual friend. And so we um, were in the process of moving and looking for a church. And so, um, yeah, we came and visited. And the very first Sunday we walked in, I was like four months pregnant with Lucas. We had four little kids and we walked into the sanctuary at Wallen and here comes John down the aisle, met us at the back of the sanctuary, just welcomed us as such a shepherd. Um, we just had some things that we were going through, some really difficult things. And he um, just shepherded our family so, so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we came to the church. As we were leaving, we got um, to the car. And here comes John again. Your dad comes out to the car. We had parked in the visitor parking lot because he wanted to meet our kids. And I just, I don't know. It was just such a sweet 
sweet thing. He's just a really great shepherd. And that was, I don't know, it was great. So that's how we ended up at Headwaters. It was like December of 2007. Um, we came one Sunday, and I was actually on the platform the next Sunday playing for the Christmas Eve service. What? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feels like we need a better screening <laughs> process around here. <laughs> oh, totally. But honestly, like, we were without a church for a few months before that, and I, I remember sitting, because we kind of church hopped for a little bit. I was miserable. Mm. I was miserable because our church was our family, and I just missed that ministry. And so it was such a God thing that... Let me up on the stage to play. It's like coming home. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It really was. So, so you serve here at Headwaters as the director of music. Mm-hmm. Was that always part of the the big master plan? Not even <laughs> close. If you'd give no. Ellen an out right now, she <laughs> yeah, would take it. <laughs> totally. You got a guy in the wings. Yes, that would be. No. Um, it's such a crazy thing. There are many days that I walk by my office and I see the little sign that says Ellen Ford, director of music, and I go, what in the world? Like, <laughs> I was, I'm right by you, Luke. Yes, you are. Um, office suite B? No, we are A. Oh, dang it. Oh, I don't even pay attention. <laughs> suite a. a. That's right, we are. Um, no, so I... Um, Played piano. I kind of was the assistant to the guy that was here before, and um, he stepped away in 20, what year was that, 2019? Um, and Sounds right. Yeah, something like Somewhere that. Somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and so I was asked to kind of fill in while we looked for somebody new, and I was happy to do that. We were in the process of, we were at both campuses at that time. Oh, and, man. I remember getting the call saying, would you be willing to step in and help? And I'm like, okay, well, I'll do it at Wall, and who's doing it at Wells? Or like, no, no, <laughs> you're doing it both. I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I got on the committee to search for the new person, and um, it was not in my sights at all. Um, through that process of working with the staff here at Headwaters, um, working with Troy Schrock, who was the elder that's kind of over our ministry, um, praying through a lot of things, um, processing through a lot of things. I just, I finally just told the Lord, I said, okay, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to be willing to do it, but I know you don't want me to do it. Because at that time, I think we had two (laughs) pretty strong candidates. And I'm like, God just wants to make sure that I'm willing to do it. He's not going to ask me to do it. So, um, yeah, so the, the first candidate kind of fell away, and I was like, okay, well, <laughs> we got one more. And he actually came, and um, everyone loved him, and this was like a shoe-in fit. And I remember the Sunday, it was, I think it was right before or after Christmas, and it was before we all moved here, um, we were at a staff meeting, and it was the meeting where we all decided who wanted what office, Remember okay. how he wrote, uh, yes, wrote, I do. wrote our names on the paper? 2021 then, yeah. early 2020. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and they're like, oh, okay, you got to put your first choice of what, because nobody wanted to say out loud, I want the big one or whatever. And I was like, I really don't care what office I have because I'm not. it's not going to be me, right? <laughs> right after that meeting, your dad came into office and said, uh, that guy, he's not, he's not coming. I went, oh, what? I would have changed my office pick. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
<laughs> I want the big one. No. Um, hey, we can move Jim out of that office mm-hmm. at any time. Anytime, you name it. I'll get you okay. some volunteers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right when we are. Um, anyway, so I'm I'm just so humbled um, that the Lord would use a fumbling speaker person that, I mean, I, I half the time I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, what? Yeah, I don't but believe that. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm so humbled and so grateful for just the opportunity to do what I do every week. It is, it's a joy and such a privilege and yeah, I'm just really grateful. So ha- having lived in uh, church world extensively and music world enough, um, that humility is not common. And so all of the credit to you for being able to be as gifted musically as you are and not become full of yourself. Mm. Uh, sorry, I, I apologize to the musicians, <laughs> but you all know what I'm talking about. Um, I To know that the, the heart behind how you approach leading our congregation in worship is so deferential to the glory of God and not the glory of Ellen is so comforting to me Mm. to sit in our sanctuary and know Ellen is not, even if it completely failed that morning, Mm -hmm. which it never, that (laughs) never happens. Um, I, Oh, I've, I've started songs in the wrong key on more than one occasion go, uh, sorry about that. Um, I'm going to take that capo off and we'll try again. How's that sound? Everybody? Yeah, great. Sorry. Um, so any, anybody who's ever done enough music, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. But to know that when it goes well, it is the God's glory. Mm-hmm. When we fall short, it is not because we're just full of ourselves. It was in, still intended for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to fall short and be reminded sure. that this is not a me show. Yep. And I have more confidence in your leadership in that capacity than I think I've ever had in anybody who's mm-hmm. stood in front and led music. Yeah, you know, we we had talked in the previous podcast just over the, you know, should we, as a congregation, sing Hillsong lyrics? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've really appreciated, and, you know, we, we've said this to you publicly, I appreciate just how much work you put into the not just coordinating the music, but two things. One, being theologically um, solid and, and Christ-focused and, and connecting it to the rest of the worship service, right, to the, to the preaching of the Word and, and, and so forth. And uh, that, that doesn't go without being noticed. It's, it's significant. Mm-hmm. There was a, um, I went to a conference a few years ago, and one of the breakout sessions was um, from a <clears throat> music pastor, and his words just ring through my brain all the time, but he said, don't ever underestimate um, the job that you do because you're literally putting words in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. So when I choose a song, mm-hmm. I'm asking you to sing that song, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that the words that you're saying are truthful, they're rich. They are praiseworthy, um, and it is it's a, it's a daunting task, um, but yeah. So it's it's not done lightly. Can you can you talk a little bit about just as a director of worship here? What does that role entail? What does the you know what does the a week look like for you? Yeah. So I am 
technically part-time. Um, so my main responsibility is coordinating um, the Sunday morning service. So um, we have a, a group of about 40 to 50 volunteers um, that Whoa. serve. Yeah, it's it's awesome. They're just so great. I love spending time with them. Um, so, you know, planning the service, making sure that the music gets to the volunteers ahead of time so they have time to come prepared. We have Tuesday evening rehearsals, um, obviously the both Sunday morning services. So that's my main focus. Um, you know, I run the kids' choir, which is super-duper fun um, with a group of people there, so that takes some time. Um, any other kind of special services that we have here at church? So, you know, making sure that we have an AV person to run sound for. Last night we did our elder Q&A yep. thing, so making sure that the slides are ready and um, leading songs for that, making sure our AV person um, is signed up for any weddings that we have. Um, so there's just always lots of activities we and things. We don't have any weddings here. What are you talking Ooh, about? Yeah. <laughs> How many, Ellen? <laughs> I don't know. We didn't have a whole lot this year. They kind of come in cycles. They have gone so. up exponentially. When we were at Wallen Road, that is true. Like nobody wanted to get married <laughs> there. <laughs> like the room's too big. It doesn't feel right. And since we've had the chapel yeah, available here, we that chapel's just mesmerizing. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it is very fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, any kind of service that we have here, um, what else do I do? Staff meetings, those are always fun. Ellen brings the joy. She does. Yeah, if you can get That's Ellen, what I'm good if for. you can get Ellen laughing, <laughs> you're just a, a challenge to anyone out there. It's not hard. That is true. It's not hard. What is actually the most fun is if you can get her laughing next to my mother, who then starts oh, laughing, and then Ellen, it's just a, a ch- chain reaction. One domino knocks over the other, and then they stand back up and knock them over again. Like what it's just back I, and forth. Yes. What I love, and this has only <laughs> happened like maybe a handful of times, is when. You or your dad say something in Sunday morning service, and Amy gets to giggling, oh, and then she has this. She tries to stifle it. <laughs> she can't hold it. That's what it is. No, it's like trying to love you, mom. Oh, I love, love, love it. It's so fun. Hey, hey, Luke. Yes, I got an idea. Oh boy. Oh, no. We 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 we, we Scott. No, no, no. We could get we could get Ellen oh, laughing here. I think. I mean, you brought it go. up. You brought it up. People need to hear Ellen laugh. <laughs> see, see, she's already laughing. Go ahead, Ellen. Go ahead. <laughs> to lean into the microphone. <laughs> so high pitched, it can hardly even <laughs> capture the sound. But if you could just see her now, she's losing her breath. She's hyperventilating. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) How you feel, Ellen? Yeah. Uh, Take a deep breath. That's awesome. (laughs) Crying there a little bit. (laughs) You can do that with What were we talking about? What are we doing here? I don't even know. know. Okay. Where are we at? So you you were. uh, Is there an air conditioning in this room? You were telling a little bit about your responsibilities. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. We work here. Is that right? Is that. Someday. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. What what would be uh, you know one or two challenges that come with uh, with your role? Hmm. Is there anything that stands out? Yeah, there's there's a couple. I, my tendency 
as a person is I, I mean, I love to make people laugh. I, I think that's just, it's just a fun thing. And I, so I am a people pleaser mm. and music is a very polarizing, yeah. opinionated topic. Um, so I have had to learn very, very quickly that I am not going to please everyone all the time. I mean, if I look, there's three of us in this room. We all three have different preferences in music. And so, um, I've I don't had know to, what you're talking about. <laughs> really? We do? <laughs> what? So I've had to overcome that pretty quickly. Um, Sundays come every single week. And so, you know, you like you said, you can come off of a Sunday. Oh, that was such a great service. I remember shortly after I stepped into this role, yep. there was one Sunday I was like, oh, that was just so great. The people were singing. And your dad came up to me and goes, well, mm-hmm. next Sunday's here. You know, come. And I'm like, oh, can I not just like lay in that one for a minute, you know, and just. Um, so, yeah, uh, just I think the the rigors of the weekly Mm-hmm. planning and um I don't want it to be machine like I don't want it to be mechanical um I want it to be you know spirit filled and thought provoking and um so just combating that a little bit um you know we have a multi-generational church so the preferences of the older folks are not necessarily the preferences of the younger folks so you know, choosing music that speaks to and can have the majority of the congregation be fully involved in, yeah. I think is a is a challenge as well. Mm. Um, so those are just some, um, yeah, just it's not easy. But while, while we're <laughs> there, are, just for yeah. a moment, when it's not your Sunday, let me away from Ellen. Be grateful that you have people in a different demographic than your own, because we need each other. Yeah. We and when it's not your Sunday, we sing old hymns, and you're not an old hymn kind of person, or a new chorus that you don't understand, and go, why? Why don't we just stick to the old ones? Mm-hmm. Be look around the room and find somebody else who's got their eyes closed and their head thrown mm-hmm. back, and be delighted for them because you care to build each other up, not just for you yourself to be built up. It's not a consumer activity. We come to church not for our own desires to be met, but to worship and glorify God. Delight in that. Yeah. Maybe you could talk to that a little bit, Ellen. How do you deal with, you've been through the worship, I guess it's called the worship wars, right? With kind of what Luke's alluding to, where you have one demographic that goes, we want these type Mm -hmm. of songs. And you have another that says, no, 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 we... We want something, we want hymns, we want contemporary. How do you think about that mm-hmm. theologically? Or maybe I could ask it this way. Is there, does the Bible inform you, instruct you in mm-hmm. as you think about all of that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, Psalms is our mm-hmm. songbook, and it doesn't have any notes. It didn't come with uh, rec- pre-recorded things of this is the way that you're supposed to sing or supposed to play. Um, so it does give room for uh, variations. Um, oh, dead air. That's okay. That, that, <laughs> I just know, lost my train of thought. Happens all the time um, for me. What, <laughs> what, what, go ahead. 
But I, you know, I mean, the Bible talks about in Colossians and Ephesians, obviously, we're supposed to speak speak to each other with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So there's lots of different variations. And I think, you know, when you think about our church service, it's 75 minutes, most. That's Excuse me, Ellen. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I... That's a, stung a bit. <laughs> that is the goal. She looked right at me and said, most, you know. Mm. Was that a shot across the bow oh, or what? It was through the bow. <laughs> so sorry. Taking on water. <laughs> so, I, I mean, we have probably hmm, 20, 20 to 25 minutes to fill with music. It's not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I, you know, really try to... Um, choose music that is a wide variety. So I'll do a newer song. We'll sing that a couple times, you know, in a row. I'll try to sing a hymn that, you know, brings in some of the older people. So just really trying to to give variation to the the three, four, five songs that we sing to hopefully be able to involve as many people in the church as possible. And I think if you, you know, if you don't sing a song or have a service that is not kind of like speaking to what you just said, Luke, it provides an opportunity for you to love your neighbor because your neighbor probably does like that variation. You know, so could you set aside your preferences yeah. for just a few minutes? You have six and a half other days to sing and listen to any kind of music you want to, but would you set aside your preferences and and think about maybe this song was chosen for a purpose and maybe I could learn something from it about myself or about the Lord? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think too. Sometimes when we get into these discussions and 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 and, and wars over, it reveals just the ugliness of of our heart. And it, because what sin does is sin makes everything about me. Mm-hmm. And even in a discussion on the music part of our worship service, we tend to make it about us, my yes. preference, mm-hmm. and we forget I. I mean, I remember many years ago going through this in my own heart until somebody helped me to see that <laughs> the worship isn't about you. Mm-hmm. It's not about your mm-hmm. preferences. It's not about what you like. There's an audience of one. Absolutely. And and we, we talked a little bit about this in the previous podcast, just a theology of worship, in that the music portion is intended to be an outpouring of what's already in our hearts, mm-hmm. and that we're so overwhelmed and intoxicated with the Word, with... Yeah the character of God with the beauty of the gospel, that it just spills over in our soul. The the music isn't intended to draw us closer to God. It's intended to be an outpouring of what's already in there. Yeah, Yeah. And that's what Colossians and Ephesians talks about. It's the filling of the Spirit and the the richness of the Word, that it is so indwelt in you that you are compelled. It is just an overflow of what is already in your heart. Absolutely. What you sing about tells you a lot about what you care about. And, yeah. and there's a, a old famous line by the Scotsman, Andrew Fletcher, that if you let me write the songs of my nation, I don't care who writes its laws. And what he's getting at is like, if, if, I, can, if I can influence the way we sing and what the content of what mm-hmm. we sing is, then the laws will follow. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the outpouring of the heart. And I love that idea when we come together as a church and go, all right, far too frequently we judge, we're like, well, what... How was the music? And and all of the conversation is about the, you know, the guitar player or yeah. what's the lighting look like or how did they do this transition? And you're like, no, no, no. What was the substance of that music? 
always start there. Always. Like, was it something that elevated the person of Christ, that clearly proclaimed God's glory, that confessed our own sin, mm-hmm. that places us in proper perspective to God? Yeah. It, it, the substance of the, the song is what you're really looking for. Let your musical preference. Yeah. But you're hoping that. But you're flesh. hoping that the quality of the oh, of music course. Is, is not a distraction either. So no, that shouldn't be an should excuse. Be... Like, there's not a good yeah. enough for church. Yeah. I don't want that. That yeah. being said, make sure it's the the sh- substance absolutely. of what's being sung that's yep. really important to you. Absolutely. So here's this wasn't uh, on the uh, list of questions, oh, no. but this will be this is an easy one. Best lyric ever. What Ooh. what is your favorite <laughs> song lyric? Of all time, does anything come to mind? Yes, yep. It's my from my favorite hymn, which is the love of God. Oh, yeah, that's so good. And it's the third, third verse. verse. Yeah, could we with ink the ocean fill, or with a sky of parchment made, where every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Man, I could write like that. Is that so awesome? I I agree. You and I did not rehearse this, but that is, I think that's greatest lyric Mm -hmm. ever. I don't know why we would try to end anywhere else. How about it? That's so good. The love of God stretched from sky to sky. Ellen, thanks. 